Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you. So let's go ahead and continue. We're going to wrap up, actually, our study on the triumphal entry. The triumphal entry is what we call Palm Sunday, which was the Sunday before last. It's recorded in Luke chapter number 19 in verses 28 through 40, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, and he tells them to go and loose a donkey, bring it to him. They put their, colts, their coats on the donkey, goes down the, um, the Mount of Olives, enters through the eastern gate. Of Jerusalem. And what we're talking about is that this was prophesied over in Daniel chapter number 9. Because in Daniel chapter number 9 and verse 25 it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah the Prince should come, it will be seven weeks and 62 weeks, which is 483 years. And we know that 483 years from the going forth and the giving of the commandment, which we found was given um, in uh, March. Let's see, what was it? We got back over there. Uh, it was given to Nehemiah on March 14th of 445 B.C. And we know this because we have found archaeological discoveries at the Palace of Shushan that show us that this, this commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, as given to Nehemiah, chapter number 2, verses 1 through 6, was given on that date. So the prophecy is from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, which was March 14th, 445 B.C., until the Messiah should come, would be 483 years. Now we break that down because we got to convert from a Julian calendar, which you and I use today with 365 and a quarter days, to a Babylonian calendar, which was just uh, 360 days. So if we if we do the math... Uh, with the 483 and we multiply it times the 360, we come 173,880 days. So if we add 173,880 days to March 14th, 445, we'll arrive at April the 6th, 32 AD. And of course, on April 6th, 32 AD, we have our text here in the Gospel of Luke, verse number 19. As Jesus, he's sitting on the Mount of Olives, he comes down on this very day. He says, if you had known this your day, the things that were prepared for you instead, you know, they're going to come in. And of course, 70 AD, 30 years later, they came and they completely destroyed the temple. And we talked about how Jesus, when he came through the Eastern Gate, he went straight to the temple. And what happened as he got through the temple? Well, in Luke, um, when he got through to the temple, in Luke chapter number 19, in verse number 45, it says that then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold and said, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So he went straight to the temple. He found, and of course he knew that they had turned it into a den of thieves. But my question is, why did he go straight to the temple. And this is what I want to wrap up with today. Um, he was going to restore the glory to Israel. And, you know, this is where people get confused. Jesus legitimately came to offer the kingdom. 
Remember, they were looking for the kingdom. They were looking for the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant in regards to the land. They were looking for the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant as far as him being of the lineage of King David to sit and restore the glory to Israel, politically speaking. But Jesus did indeed come to do that. Now, now just for a little bit of history, what happened to the glory of Israel? Well, this glory that I'm talking about is that same glory that filled the tabernacle in the wilderness in Exodus chapter 40 and verse number 34. It's the same glory. We refer to it as the Shekinah. And remember, as the children of Israel went through the wilderness in their 40 years of wanderings, the cloud, would this, this Shekinah glory, would lift up from the tabernacle in the wilderness, and it would be a pillar of fire, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when it would rest... The people of Israel would break, would set up camp and they would stay as long as the glory rested between the wings of the cherubim in the tabernacle in the wilderness. Well, years later, when King Solomon builds Solomon's temple, the one that David wanted to build and the Lord wouldn't let him, in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse number 14, it says that that same glory came into Solomon's temple. And it was so heavy that the priests were not even able to, to minister. However, we are told in Ezekiel that at some point in Israel's history, that glory left Solomon's temple. And we see that in Ezekiel uh, chapter number 10. And I'm not going to read the whole thing just for the sake of time, but you're welcome to do so. In Ezekiel chapter number 10 and verse number 3, uh, now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the men went in and filled the temple court, or the inner court. And then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherubim, you know, the wings, and it paused over the threshold of the temple, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Bear in mind, we're talking about the same glory here. It's, it's the Shekinah. It's the glory that filled the tabernacle in the wilderness. It's the glory that was in, that went into the temple of Solomon. Now, that glory is departing from Israel. And in verse number 18 of Ezekiel chapter number 10, Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. And then we keep up with its track here in chapter number 11 of Ezekiel in verse number 23. He sees this glory. It goes out and it went up from the midst of the city and it stood on the mountain that is on the east side of the city. That mountain on the east side of the city is the Mount of Olives. So why was Jesus coming to restore the glory? Because the glory had left. It had left, and Jesus was coming to return that glory because he himself is that glory. Of course, this offer was rejected, which is why in the future he will do it again. But this time, he, when he comes to the Mount of Olives, he's not going to be sitting on a donkey. Okay, uh, Zechariah chapter 14, verse number 4 says, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half the mountain shall remove toward the north and the other half toward the south. You see, Jesus is going to do it again. 
But this time he's going to come and, you know, the Bible says he's going to come on a white horse. And when he touches the Mount of Olives, it's going to split in two. And the Bible says that he's going to mete out judgment. He's not going to come meek and lowly the next time. He's not going to come to be rejected the next time. He's going to come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he's going to bring judgment in his hand. Now, another reason that we know that Jesus truly did intend to restore the kingdom at his first coming was what he said in regards to John the Baptist. Now, in Matthew chapter number 11, let's look over there real quick. In Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 13, it says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So when did the law end? Well, it didn't end with Matthew. It ended with the death of John. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you were willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has an ear, let him hear. Notice Jesus says, if you would have been willing to hear it, John the Baptist was Elijah. Now, let me show you something else. Look in uh, Matthew chapter number 17 and verse number 10. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first, and he will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already. And they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. You see, the second reason we know that God, that Jesus was coming to restore the glory of Israel was because of John the Baptist. Why? Remember, the, the people asked him, they said, who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you one of the prophets? Who are you? Why would they think Elijah? Because the very last book of the Old Testament, the very last prophecy Look in Malachi chapter number 4 and verse number 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The very last prophecy of the Old Testament says that Elijah will be the forerunner of the Christ. So Jesus is saying John the Baptist could have been Elijah if you had not killed him, and now you're coming to kill me. You see, the next verse in Daniel chapter number 9 and verse 26 says, And after the 62 weeks, or after the 483 years, when the Messiah does come back, he will be cut off. Jesus was rejected. He was falsely accused. He was crucified. But not for himself. He was killed for you and for me. Remember what Jesus said when he came through that eastern gate in Luke chapter 19, verse number 42, and I close with this. If you had known, even you, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. Jesus was crucified. He was cut off, just like Daniel said he would be 
in Daniel chapter number 9. But let me tell you something. He's coming back again one day. He's coming back, and his feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives outside that eastern gate. And that mountain is going to be split to the left and to the south and to the north, and he is going to judge the nations. Where are you going to be at that time? I hope you'll be with me. I hope you'll be with the body of Christ that I believe will be raptured up before that time happens. But that's another study that we're talking about right now in the book of Revelation. I encourage you to dig up that study in Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. If you don't know Christ, I encourage you, give your life to Him today. If you do know Christ, get serious. Start living for Him. He wants more than just your lip. He wants your life. Listen, God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good. And I encourage you, if you are blessed by this teaching, share it in Jesus' name. Amen.